You got hot cocoa? I got hot cocoa. It's cold here. Does it have marshmallows? No, I don't have any marshmallows. What kind of fucking hacker shit is that? God damn it. You're going to have hot cocoa and no marshmallows. No. I put whipped cream in it. Well, you didn't say that. Of course, (laughs) whipped cream is a pretty decent substitute for marshmallows. Yes. Yes. All right, fine. (laughs) Fine. You got hot cocoa. Do you, have a, do you have a stuffy nearby? Uh, no, I have a live dog about three feet from me, so she's snoring away. <laughs> she Classy. <counts> stuffy. <laughs> Classy. Snoring dog. Look at that. We haven't even, we're not even like 30 seconds into the show, and already we've put your fucking dog to sleep. <laughs> this is not a good sign. She's hard to impress. <laughs> the following show is for mature audiences only. Listener discretion is advised. And if you don't like it, Please go fuck yourself. One, two, three, four! Do you feel your sex life is quite lame? Scared that your desires might be strange? Come and join the kinky world of play. Perverted Podcast. <laughs> Yay! On behalf of Sonny. Hello and welcome to Perverted Podcast, the show where we explore the adventures of the kinky lifestyle, sex, and the human mind. Recording on Zencaster, thousands of miles apart, I'm sitting here with my hot cocoa and very happy, and I'm Path Girl. And I am Count Boogie. Path Girl, this is an exciting show. Do you know why? Why, Boogie? Because you have hot cocoa and a snoring dog, goddammit. <laughs> it just feels wholesome. It just feels wholesome, oh. like we're entering the holiday season that yeah. I have no obligations for. None. <laughs> no family, no people. I don't have, every year I celebrate this on Perverted Podcast. I celebrate <laughs> like 13 years while everyone's like, oh, man, I got to do holiday stuff. I'm like, ah, oh, you guys have a great time. <laughs> do you have any joy or magic or kink or fuckery in your life? Uh, yeah, I've had some potato mayhem. I've had some kink. All right, lay it on girl. us. Lay it on us. So, all right. So, first off, uh, I had a private play party that I went to with a couple of kinky friends of mine, and I actually did a public scene with the new guy for the first time. Oh, how did that go? That went really good. It was a very small scene. Um, he hadn't done anything in public in a couple of years, and we've never played in public together. But uh, we did a small scene on a cross with uh, a riding crop, uh, a paddle that I have, and a slapstick. I fucking hate that slapstick <laughs> but uh it was and and, and i was uh, under the uh, watchful eye of one of my uh, girlfriends that had come by because she's like okay they're playing together for the first time i should be keeping an eye on her so um oh and we used a flogger too yeah so okay, um okay. It, went, it went really well it went really well then i had a uh, kinky thanksgiving party last weekend uh it was we, we called a kinksgiving so we had a bunch of friends over at one of their houses and we uh had a potluck of all really good food. And then after the food coma, it's like, okay, who wants to go out to the garage and play? So So did somebody like, did somebody get a feather duster and shove it in someone's ass? And then they got to be like the thing, the Kinksgiving turkey. And then everyone beat that turkey. I didn't think about that. No, no. We only had two people play. I was one of them, but uh, I I got uh, tenderized. (laughs) My meat got tenderized. That's good. That's good. (laughs) That's good turkey stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I got caned a bit. I have some nice pretty – I still have some nice pretty cane marks. Um, but the big exciting news I have is next weekend, uh, I am going to be in Dirty Myrtle. I'm going to be in Myrtle Beach. Oh, wait a minute. Isn't yes. 
Isn't that where they have sharks? No, I'm thinking Jaws of some weird Maryland beach. <laughs> no, this is South Carolina, but oh. I'm actually going to uh, Coastal Carolina Fetish Fair. Oh, really? So, yes, yes. That's December 2nd to the 5th down in Myrtle Beach. So uh, there's, they supposedly – they just released a class list yesterday or a day or two ago. I haven't had a chance to look it up. But supposedly they're having like – over a hundred classes. They're having two. They have a, a non-music dungeon and a music dungeon. They're having a fashion show. They're having a whole bunch of stuff. So a whole bunch of our friends are piling down into the hotel. So that should be a lot of fun. Well, I can't wait to hear the report. Yes. After that. Yes. Potential fuckery. Well, very good. Very yes. good. I'm glad you're kinking. <laughs> Thank you, Boogie. <laughs> that life is the place. Talk about genital torture and subspace. We share our kinky thrills with perverts from around the world. Yeah, perverted podcast talking about that life, motherfucker. For your peace of mind, please know that the author of every post we talk about has expressly given us permission to do so. Expressly. I should, I should have written spe- – I should have written? Oh, my God. I normally I, say specifically. It is specifically. Had, yeah, specifically. I look, you know, take some creative yeah. license path, girl. I'm under a lot yes, of pressure. <laughs> Changing it right now. Save. There we go. <laughs> that <to> specifically. <laughs> okay. Well, you want to do it again? <laughs> no. No, I don't. Well, fine. We'll do it next week. Mm-hmm. But this is a good post. I really enjoyed this post. There's a lot yes. of good stuff oh, to talk yes. about this. Nookie Notes, who uh, is a part of DatingKinky.com, Kinky Connections, and Kinky Education, Kinky Done Differently, has written a magical post called, Why Don't You Just Lower Your Standards? Ugh. Now, remember, I butchered this a little bit to get it into the show, but we'll post yeah. it on our Fat Life page. Nookie Notes writes... To me, standards and boundaries go hand in hand. Boundaries inform standards of behavior at the very least. And it's not healthy to lower those. But let's say we're talking about the other standards. How someone looks, for example. Why should I care if I'm attracted to someone? Why should you? Don't we all have the right to be with people we find attractive? Not necessarily supermodel gorgeous, but attractive to us. And frankly, why should you care what my standards of attractiveness are? Unless you think they're too high for you and you want a chance. Here's the thing, though. If I lower my standards, then they're lowered for everyone and you have more competition. And here's another thing. How would you feel if you knew that the only reason you ever got a chance with someone was because they lowered their standards? Ew, that's gross. Or that the only reason that they're still with you is because they went with their second or third choice. I wouldn't do that to anyone, and I wouldn't do it to myself, which may disappoint some people. That's all right. I'm not here to make everyone happy. I'm here to make my best choices for me. You do the same for you. And sometimes people making their very best choices choose each other, and then it's on. That's why I don't get it when people ask me to lower my standards. Yes, they really do. Or complain about my standards being too high or whatever. Because don't you want, deserve someone who wants exactly who you are rather than settling for the generic brand? I do. That's a really good post. That. Now then, going to go grain of salt here. That was a very confident approach to the joyous quagmire of dating and personal relationships. True. A very confident approach. And if you've listened to Perverted Podcast enough, you've heard Kathy and I talk about standards and 
unrealistic versus realistic. So I want to take the face value of this post first for myself and just be like, that is a great, confident approach right? to not lower that. So I'll let you go ahead and go first because I wanted to break down because I'm like, well, what type of standards are there? When we say don't lower your standards, don't lower your standards, let's write down some standards so we can see, you know, how big this list of must-haves is. And Path Girl, just in writing down, I came up with six categories of standards that we use when evaluating someone for a relationship. So it's a big, giant list of things (laughs) to not allow anything to go below. So I'll let you go first, and then we'll take on some of these some of these lists. I mean, for me, my standards for dating me are not astronomically high. I'm looking for a nice guy who I can carry on a good conversation with, is preferably kinky, and is willing to be active in the kink lifestyle, and be somewhat put together in your appearance. I mean, don't dress like a slob, but you don't have to wear a three-piece suit everywhere you go. And be good at the adulting things. Have a car, have a job, don't coast through life, you know, have some ambition where, you know, I'd like to own a house someday, or I'd like to, you know, have a 401k for my retirement later, not be, you know, four guys piled in an apartment living off of, you know, second day old pizza, you know? So there's not really much, you know, even in the last several months where I've been single, I've actually been seven months that it's just, I'm kind of evaluating what I'm looking for in a guy. And it's just like, it's not really a matter of attractiveness it's a matter of personality to me is the is the is the number one thing okay so let's go i mean you mentioned a number of things that were on some of these uh, little categories that i have so uh-huh. if you have things to add on then add on um i'll say first uh when you're looking for someone to have a relationship with you have uh what are called talent standards which is okay. sense of humor common set of skills or interests artistic musical gardening woodworking cooking you know, okay. things that people can do, you know, you have a set of things like, oh, I really I love to cook. I want to be with someone that cooks or I, I spend a lot of time in the garden. So, you know, mm-hmm. I want someone that's that or I do music, you know. So those are talent standards. Do you have any others to add on to the talents, things that you're looking I'm, for? I mean, I'm not when I'm looking for a guy. I mean, if they have a particular talent, like they can cook or they're handy, that's great. But I mean, like I don't have a specific I must find somebody who can work in a house for me, or I must okay. find somebody who can cook for me. Sense so. of humor's sense of humor. Sense of humor is a bit. Sense of okay. no sense of humor is big. Okay, yeah, that'll so that's on your. Thing. So that's on your. So you have that. So then we have uh, activity standards. Outdoorsy loves to travel, camping, hiking, hunting, shooting, fishing, dancing, working out. Fucking hates to travel. Loves to stay home and fucking watch anime. Is pretty much a couch potato and loves all of the Netflixing. Those are whatever your standard of the type of activities that you like. Right. Uh, Another uh, is now your attraction standards, which Nookie Notes talks about. Looks, weight, hair, lack of boobs, butt, genitals, fitness, body type, smile, eyes, earlobes, abrasive elbows, uh, (laughs) weight, body shape. All of these things fall into your attraction standards of things that you there's a certain, you know, I have to have at least this. Right. You know, some people are visually about eyes and a smile. You have to have good teeth, <laughs> which knocks me the fuck out. <laughs> um, and, you know, hey, <laughs> yellow is the new white. Fuck off. Okay. 
Then we have uh, the next section, which is wisdom standards. Things I know from past relationships or from close friends' experiences that I know are bad for me. Gaslighters, poor communicators, people that always have to be right, people that tear me down in front of others to raise their position. The types of behaviors that I know, I will not lower my standard to that type of person. People that are highly aggressive or angry or whatever. Then there is uh, things you talked about, uh, which are communication standards. Someone that communicates, validates my feelings, makes me feel like I matter to them, is considerate, is patient, not quick to anger, can admit them when they're wrong. Uh-huh. Those. I mean, so just and that was literally just in 10 minutes of writing. So obviously, if you really sit and think about it, there are so many things that we want, so many things that are important to us. And that's where I kind of get to the the next level where I'm like, okay, I hear what Nookie Notes was saying. Uh-huh. I totally hear that optimism and not lowering your standards. But I also want to move into kind of the realism where this is where I find my difference between boundaries and standards. Uh-huh. Like boundaries for me are about things that will hurt me. And I won't compromise those. I absolutely agree with Nookie Notes in a literal sense on that. But standards to me are a little bit more about kind of my wants and desires. The things that that I want out of somebody, a a look, a talent, you know, the sense of humor, all of those things. Those to me are a little more flexible because there's such a massive list. Oh, yeah. You know, there's such a list of things that I want because... (laughs) And this is where I get into the minutia of of the post, where realistically, look, if the person that you are dating currently is not the same person that's on the poster you had on your wall when you were a teenager, <laughs> you have lowered your fucking standards. I'm still waiting for Jensen Ackles to show up at my front door with the, with the Impala outside, and it hasn't happened. Damn or, it. you know, for me, it's like Aubrey Plaza or, you know, who's oh, married oh, by so the hot. Of course, she's amazing. Oh. Um, you know, or any number of anime characters or whatever. There is – everybody lowers their standards. And we get to that point to where you you can keep your standards, but you have to understand that – your ultimate standards that you have in the back of your mind may not be realistic. Right. And that's where you have to kind of adjust some of those things. Boundaries, I completely agree. Those are things that harm you and you shouldn't. I don't want a gaslighter. I don't want somebody that causes me uh, pain. I don't want to tolerate that just because somebody's a good cook or is funny. Exactly. I mean, it's just, it, it's been a real struggle for me. And and I'm and right now I'm dating somebody. We're dating like four or five weeks, and we're still figuring things out. But you know, even as far as kink goes, like for a while, I was in a serious struggle after my last two relationships had ended. That or serious relationships that maybe I should give up the kink. Maybe I should get rid of that standard because I should just go for a nice guy who can make me happy you know i hear my jewish mother in my head growing up why don't you just take the go out with the doctor's boy he's a nice boy um because he smells like gym socks mom or why don't you date the boy next door he's nice um he strangles puppies no no it's just wow but yeah well it's just 
the the idea that I could actually find a nice guy that was kinky, it just seems so far fetched. It's like, no, I need to just give up the kink and then, you know, just be done with it. And, I, and then I finally had to draw the line in the sand and say, no, I'm allowed to find a nice guy who is kinky. That has to be a standard for me. Right. Absolutely. And that's, of course, where the benefit of polyamory comes in. If you're right. someone who can handle polyamory, that one person doesn't have to be your one and only where you can absolutely have multiple people that fulfill multiple checkboxes on your standards. The whole idea, right. the whole idea that one person is going to be your fantasy one and only and that you aren't going to have to lower some standards to be with one person. I just I've never I, uh, hey, nice work if you can get it. Yeah. <laughs> nice, nice work. Good. Congratulations. If you find, you know, the person that you're attracted to that communicates the best, that has all the skill sets that you want, need, desire, and won't lower your standards on, fantastic. But the majority of people are going to deal with a lot of uh, loneliness and a lot of rejection. Yeah. Which comes to pretty much uh, my main point which I've pretty much wasted all of my time getting to. <laughs> if you've listened to a perverted podcast, you know where I'm going to go with this. You know what Kathy and I have talked about multiple times as far as your standards. And uh, like I said, you can hold out for whatever you want. But in reality, if you have standards that you don't want to lower, how are you going to pay for that? Is that cash check or charge? How are you going to pay for those? Are you high quality? Yeah. Are you at least at the same level of standard that you will tolerate no less than from a partner? Because if you're not, you're full of shit. Yeah. If you're expecting this magical person to fulfill all of your dreams and to be at the standard that you want, even if it's a kind of watered down like we pretend i heard everything that you said when you gave your standards and i'm like yeah you've lowered your standards much <laughs> over the last fucking 30 years <laughs> just like we all have you're not describing the poster on your wall yeah you know so but let's get back to the reality is if you're not living up to that if you are not the standard that you expect from other people then you're full of shit and you need to get out there and do some work. Yeah. I look in the goddamn mirror. And I'm being I'm not just saying physically. I'm saying I look in the mirror and see who Count Boogie is today. I would not fucking date me on a serious level. I'd play with me because I'm pretty awesome. <laughs> and, I, and I'm a good daddy, you know, in a play scene. Uh -huh. But as far as being in a relationship, there is no fucking way. I would be in a relationship with this guy. Therefore, it's it's pretty selfish and arrogant to assume that somebody is going that I'm that what I am right now is going to be somebody's, you know, high standard. But at least you have that realization about yourself and you're you're doing the honest thing. I mean, there's been guys I've met out in the dating world and I'm like, "What the hell are you doing on a dating app? You don't know what the hell you want." You think you want one thing and you want another. And it's just like, go take some time to work on yourself. Yeah. Ultimately, that's really what it does come down to. You have, I mean, if there's a quality that I won't lower my standard on is I don't want to be with somebody that doesn't know how to self-evaluate. Yeah. That's somebody that can't take a look in that mirror and say, hey, 
if I want to have these super high standards and expect this amazing, brilliant, wonderful person to come floating into my life, what is it? Equal parts attract or something like that? Something, something, yeah. Yeah, so it's the laws of attraction. Yeah. That if I'm not putting out that great energy, it's pretty stupid for me to expect that to to want me in their life. Because would I want that? Would I want somebody whose self-worth is so low? And I know this sounds horrible. This sounds horrible and self-deprecating and whatever. But I'm just going to be honest. Right. I'm not in a good place. I am not in a good place as a human being. My confidence, my all the little fucking things that we talk about, and it's great that it's vulnerable on the show and it helps people, blah, blah, blah. I'm kind of a fucking wreck right now. Would I want somebody that wants a wreck? No. 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 Because that means you're you probably have all these sub yeah. issues that make you want. So, you know, do you have a you know do you have like a fix it fetish yeah. or you know? But ultimately, I have to be honest, and so I I don't look for relationships right now. Of course, I'd love to play with people and fuck people, but I know I can handle that. I know I can be great for that. I know I could be a high quality for you know come in and play and then disappear. Um, but as far as providing a relationship or being a full time daddy to someone, no way. I got work to do. But to say, at least you're willing to admit that. And even though you can still talk to people and play with people and it's just, you're, you're working on that. I mean, even with me, you know, that all, the, this, these months that I've been single, I've been going to therapy and it's just like, it forces you to face those internal demons of loneliness and codependence and getting into a relationship for the right reasons. And, you know, it's, it's really hard to face that where it's just like, Oh, I'll just date this guy. So I won't be alone. Yeah. And that's what it, it comes down to. You know, you don't have to lower your standards, but you you're cheating yourself. If you don't do the work. Yeah. I know at the end of the day that what I offer to somebody is what I want back from them. Right. And I think that's a good place to start. I don't have to be perfect and I don't expect my partners to be perfect. But I, if I expect a standard at a certain level, then I need to live up to that standard as well myself. Yeah. And especially back in the post where she had a line that said, the only reason why they're with you is because they went with their second or third choice. And it's just... Or fifth or twelfth. Yeah. <laughs> or twentieth. It, it, it basically boils down to, eh, you'll do. And it's like, no, I, I don't want a partner like that. And I don't want to be like a partner like that for the guy I'm with. I want to be a contributing person where I may not be able to contribute a hundred percent every day, but there's, there's equal parts going into the relationship or the power exchange or whatever. Right. I mean, but ultimately I don't have a problem with knowing that I'm not your supermodel because I know I'm not your supermodel, but what, but what is important is the skills that I do have that I believe are valuable. And I have a lot of confidence in those. Right. And so the the audience, the perverted podcast audience knows what my skills are. They know I'm not a horrible communicator. That means a lot to me. They know I have a, a sense of humor, <laughs> so, <laughs> although be it dark and twisted and twisted. <laughs> but I know I have I have some talents and some skills and I can cook and I do art and music and whatever. And I am a good communicator uh -huh. and, and I do validate the people that I'm with. So I think all those are good. But as far as my internal stuff, I got work to do. Yeah. And if you're out there and you want something really high, 
you got to go meet it. Well, and if you if they're so high, no one's ever going to meet them. You're constantly being disappointed and miserable. I mean, I've had to tell friends of mine when they've picked apart guys that they've dated, they're like. Oh, he does this. He does that. You know, you know what? He may leave his underwear on the floor. She may leave her makeup on the sink. But if you're going to toss it aside because they're not absolutely perfect, your standards are way too high. Well, and that's where we get into the post, you know, and that that's where it comes to unrealistic standards and realistic standards and boundaries. And I really appreciate Nookie Notes enthusiasm towards seeking out the realistic boundaries and standards. Yeah, it's a great post. Sometimes we just want to talk about shit. So here it is. A random host topic, bitches. Hang on a second, Enigma. Let me roll up my sleeves. Did you say something <laughs> about some potential shenanigans post-recording? Uh, yes, there, there there should be some shenanigans. My uh, a, a partner that I've been starting to spend more, more and more time with um, is coming over. The, the, this exact evening. So, in other words, uh, let's uh, let's hurry up and be magical for the perverted podcast audience, and then you're gonna dump us like a wet turd. I mean, we have until after eight. They know that it goes seven to eight ish. Um, okay. And we, so, like, we, we have time. But all right, no, that's cool. I just want to be able to relax into the zone. So, uh, <laughs> so now this is um, this is the cock worshiping hand job partner, right? <laughs> yes yes this is good you notice how i remember the important things about your interpersonal relationships enigma yes that is a very important aspect of this particular partner yes well good <laughs> well good i'm glad see it's like uh, i may not know the color of your eyes but i know what uh what sexual things your partners do to you that you like i feel closer <laughs> to you <laughs> Already. And actually, and actually uh, she and I t- were talking about, she went and actually found the episode to listen to it. And apparently she A, enjoyed it and B, made it made her all blushy and giggly at work. Oh, so, really? Yes. She, we have another at work listener. <laughs> well, no, what's really cool is this is, you know, it's kind of like it's like a little thing now, you know, where she gets that little mm-hmm. moment where, you know, obviously we don't know who she is or or anything, but it's like that little that little moment she gets. Mm-hmm. By the way, if she's listening now, I want you to know Enigma is an amazing man. <laughs> he is a great man. And you would do wise to have his little Enigma inside you deeply. <laughs> it would be, I mean, literally, it could possibly save mankind or person kind. It could at be at the very least. At the very least, it could save yourself. At very least, at very least, your vagina could be the gateway <laughs> to lives saved. Should you allow Enigma to plant his Enigma inside you? I mean, think of it like a tree. Think of it like, like literally creating Earth magic. The tree plants into the earth, like you would be. She would be Mother Earth, her vagina. And then I mean. You- I mean, they are into kind of Wiccan earth magic, so this does track. Fucking bam! Yeah. Bam! Yep. That's that's Count Boogie intuitive wingmanning <laughs> for uh, for the Enigma, because I should fucking pan you anything. I, I appreciate the support. <laughs> On the board with you. Now, let's go to something equally as fun and delightful. Now, I, what was funny is uh, I realized when we talked about doing this, 
I'm like, wow, we talk about this all the time, like literally all the time. It's been throughout, but I'm like, when's the last time we actually did a topic of how to negotiate a DDLG big little play scene mm-hmm. for for like people that are doing it for the first time or doing it for the first time with a new partner? And I'm like, I don't remember. Yeah, at the very least, it's been a very long time. Well, then, goddammit, Enigma, how about if we talk about negotiating a DDLG, otherwise known as Daddy Dom Little Girl, or Big Little play scene for age players, and we do that now? I think that sounds like a fantastic idea, Boogie. Well, then, goddammit, let me give the... I wrote a little stupid thing, so let me just read it so it pretends like we actually are well prepared for this. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How to negotiate DDLG big little play scene for age play can be anywhere on a spectrum from only coloring stuffies, naps, cuddles, and treats all the way to dark age play where innocence and taboo is sexually corrupted by two consenting adults. Point number one, never assume either partner, the big or the little, wants or is into, or is mentally capable of handling what you want. Let the games begin. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think it's, it's. I mean, any sort of play, you don't want to assume uh, what your partner is comfortable in, but especially when you're dealing with age regression play or anything like that, like things can very easily be triggering without you realizing it. So like definitely that needs to be part of the conversation like at the beginning. Absolutely. Because a lot of times you don't know exactly what you want, especially if you're new to age play. It, it, there are so many thoughts that you have in your head as somebody who identifies as kind of the little or bottom in that play scene, you know that, you know, Oh, well I, you know, I think about holding my stuffies or, you know, maybe I like coloring or maybe, you know, I'm like a more of a middle um, because we have to differentiate between that. Not everyone who's into age play is into being a three or four year old and having baby talk and, and sucking on a pacifier. Um, some people are middles where they actually just, they're more kind of, they identify with that kind of teenager age and they want to play game boys and kind of be kind of detached and yet, you know, still have you around to kind of manage uh, a little bit or make them some hot pockets or, or whatever. But a lot of times when people are into some of those more innocent things uh, and the younger ages, that's really where fantasy and reality can have a really bad crash. Right. So that's why it's so important to talk about like, what is little space for you? Like, what do you think about, you know, are you some, are you the person that wants to always be the little, or sometimes are you like a switch little where sometimes you want to be a big and sometimes you want to be a little, or do you always identify as that? Right. And it, it, for littles, that's something to ask your Dom. Like, is is your Dom prepared to deal with kind of a teenage brat or are they wanting to be more of a caretaker, be like bring you the water to food and whatever? Like, is, is that something that they're looking for? Because you don't want to assume that you're you're that a daddy type or a Dom type is going to be is going to be in the headspace to uh, be that disciplinarian and be that sort of aggressor. Because they may just want to be like that cuddly daddy and like read you stories and help you color and that sort of thing. Like uh, dealing dealing with the the punishments or the punishments 
um, that's a completely different mindset that some people just aren't ready for. Sure. Yeah. Like a lot of littles, they're like, oh, I want to get in trouble and then get corner time or or maybe then it, it gets into and we'll get more into the sex and play part in a little bit. But um, they want to be, you know, kind of punished and be frustrated and then be rewarded out of their punishment and and that types of things. And those are all really important to talk to about. And you really pointed out because the top or the big really may not be in a headspace to deal with that, or maybe that's never been what they're into. Right. And so it's really important to understand that. And especially as we start getting into deeper, darker, more taboo things, the tops limits are just as important as the little. A hundred percent. I think it's important to kind of establish um, the things you don't like, like, especially if you're new and you're, you're going into this one or both of you may be very excited about a number of things that you kind of have preconceived notions in your head that this is how it goes. So if you're not into pacifiers, you should talk about that. Like you have your image, you know, where a lot of people think age play, they automatically go to diapers and messing diapers and that type of age play. And if that's your kink and your, your fetish and fantasy, then you should talk about that, that those are the types of things that I think about during age play. But a lot of people are like, no, that's absolutely not uh, what I'm into. Um, and that's really important to start kind of putting on the table uh, once again to decide who's into what, because maybe the, the, the big is like, oh, I love changing diapers and the whole idea of the baby powder and the whole ceremony of changing a diaper and you know blah, blah, blah. That's really their thing, and it might not be the littlest thing. And obviously to be pushed into something that you're not into is, is surely going to be a disaster. Right, and, and it's not necessarily something that has to be completely off the table um, for the entire relationship. I remember that I had a partnership who I had a partner who they weren't into diapers and such, but they were into passies, which was something that I was new to. And what, what we kind of do- talked about was like, it was a gradual thing. Like they would wear it or they would uh, use a pacifier on occasion, like especially specifically when we were doing little play, uh, but it wouldn't be an all the time thing. And just over time, they would eventually like add the passy or we would talk about it and they would add the passy into certain types of play and a certain types of thing. And eventually got to the point where, I was perfectly comfortable with playing with the passy, with kissing her with the passy. It was just a matter of introducing it and allowing the comfort level. Um, the same thing, the way that we talked about uh, floggers a while back, like you, you don't want to start with the big sadistic flogger. You start with the little ones. You start with a couple of slaps, use a couple of spanks and you work your way up to the super sadistic stuff. The same way it goes for DDLG play. You don't start with full, uh, diaper change, bottle care, all that sort of stuff. You start with the little stuff. <laughs> you start with the little stuff, and then you work your way up to the more, um, the more in in lifestyle sort of play. And in that can be anything. And once again, uh, I don't. I want to be sure that we point out that diapers and dark age play is not the goal, right? If that's your if that's your kink then absolutely that's you find partners that are that are okay with that and then you ease into those kind of things and some people that's really what their jam is they want to go into the dark taboo sexualized uh kind of age play and that's also 
what you're going to have to talk about very specifically because, you know, it's one thing to be into, you know, coloring and watching cartoons and having someone cuddle you and tell you you're a good boy or a good girl. That's one thing. And that even that can have its own triggers uh, based on things you either remember or don't remember from your childhood or, or whatever. Mm -hmm. But when you start entering into the sexual world, you're now in a lot more danger of on both ends. Mm -hmm. And I've experienced, um, I've experienced my own issues, which obviously were for me pretty traumatic because I had some messed up sexual stuff when I was a kid that really affected me negatively. So I was, when I started being more of a daddy, mine was much more about, um, you know, the little space and, you know, stuffies and blankets and, and that type of thing. And then maybe some spanking or, or a little flirting, but um, I hadn't gotten into the darker incest play role plays, uh, dirty play, sexualizing, um, those types of things until my partners that really had strong desires for those things had kind of enticed me into that. Cause I had a lot of hangups about that. I come from a Christian background and, and, you know, this type of play, you know, you're, you're obviously, you know, jumping in as a, you're a child predator and, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I had to really go through a long process before I could put my head around the, the very strong fact that this is an adult. Mm -hmm. This is not a child. I'm not attracted to children. This is an adult doing things that play around that innocence uh, that some people experience in childhood. Some people have never experienced that in childhood, and they want to have that uh, experience right. uh, as an adult. So it's really important that you talk very, very specifically about the things you think you want and the things you think as the big that you can handle uh, prior to doing anything, anything sexual. I had to go through uh, quite a few processes. Uh, and I used to talk about it on the show, how Bunny was like a big corrupter of <laughs> dark age play. And mm -hmm. I'm like, because, you know, I, just between you and me, Enigma and the listeners, uh, you know, <laughs> There's there's a there's some things that are my kinks and I really am into this and and, uh, you know, but I'm pretty straight ahead sometimes. But if I know that my partner is into something and I can wrap my head around it, I have no problem learning new things that get my partner off. And then I sense. and then I usually find out that I kind of enjoy those things. And of course, there's, you know, uh you got to watch out for those consequences. Uh, but I'll let, I'll let you blab. I blab for a lot. I have I have a whole bunch of stuff to say. Well, yeah. No, I, I had a similar experience with uh, the, the same partner. Um, like, I had the holdup with the with the title of daddy for, for a long time. Like, there, like there, was, mm. there was definitely a point when, like, it was definitely a... It would squick me out to be called dag daddy because I had those probably very similar hang-ups of, of feeling like I was, like, into kids when I wasn't and like the, just like the, the general perception of being called daddy. Like I I've even like looked or um, made faces at like a partner calling their, their person daddy before. And like, it was, it threw me off then. Um, but like getting into this relationship with this particular partner, like I knew that daddy was a very important thing to them. Like 
Um, but they were all, they, we had that, we had that conversation. We had that negotiation. And for the first chunk of our relationship, I had a different title. I had a different name that we would go for. And then they would like, kind of like, it's kind of the same thing with the passy. Like um, during certain, um, during certain types of play, daddy would come out. Mm. Um, and eventually the daddy took over that original title. The title was still there, but I was now her daddy. I was not this other title. So it was very much, I, I do understand, like, it's, it's something that people need to keep in mind when they are getting this type of play that it, it doesn't need to be all in. And I think that's something that we see with a lot of new players, whether you're into DDLG or just general kink stuff, like you don't want it, you don't have to jump in uh, head first, like you can dip your toe in, you can try stuff out and see what works, because not everything is going to work just because you you see this box that says this is how it what what it means to participate in ddlg play that doesn't mean that's how you have to participate in ddlg play um last yesterday uh, i went to the uh, local soap party um here in la which is the society of age players and you saw there were maybe 50 people there and you saw 50 different different kinds of um little play and and going on and so like it doesn't our play does not fit into a specific box like society kind of shows it is no it definitely does not and and another thing another point that i think is really important on kind of your struggles with daddy because i had the same thing i remember kind of being when i was younger long before i got into kink um having the one person that had exposed me to some kink and you know breath play and smacking and, and stuff like that. And she was into some real like face punching and, you know, all this stuff. And she had this guy that she called daddy and it really confused me. And I'm like, why do you call him that? She's like, Oh, it's just fucking hot. And I'm like, okay. And I'm trying to process it in my brain. But one thing that I think is very important to point out to the person that wants to be on the little end and, one of the big conflicts and you touched on it and I touched on it when you are the top, whether you are the mommy, the daddy, um, whatever, when you are the big society looks at you as the predator, you have to deal with that issue of child molester, child predator, sexual predator. The person on the bottom is always going to be considered the victim. The worst society is going to say to you is that, oh, you have some unhealthy, unresolved sexual issues from your childhood, but you're always still going to be the victim. But the person that likes age play and dark age play on the top among the majority of society that doesn't understand what we're doing, they don't understand the discussions that you and I are having right now, they are looking at me as somebody who deserves to die because I'm acting out um, my apparent sexual fantasies towards children. Right. They don't know I'm not. They don't know what's happening here. So so that's always important ammunition to keep when you have uh, mommy or daddy that's maybe struggling with some of the things that you want to do um, that – that's a very real thing that's occurring. Mm-hmm. And so there needs to be patient with, with that. And I'm not saying it can't happen. Uh, obviously I found ways to, to kind of navigate around those feelings and that, 
those concerns because they are valid concerns. I, I mean, it would be ridiculous to say that you could do any type of play where you are doing these types of things or edge plays or impacts or blood plays or any of the things that we do. There is surely a potential for an element that you are doing it in a negative way or for negative reasons or to compensate for things. That is reality. It is reality. And it's, it's something that, that needs to be talked about um, earlier on. Like we've talked about uh, public play before. It's like what, what we can do as, as alternative lifestyle people out in the world. Like there's some stuff that you really shouldn't do because just for the safety of both of you, right. There, there are certain things that will get attention that you probably don't want. Um, Like I, I, like I, I, like walking around as an adult with a pacifier in your mouth, that's going to get you attention if you in certain areas that you may not want. If you, if you're fine with that sort of attention, great. But that needs to be a conversation, especially for the people who are newer getting into this lifestyle. You need to understand that there will be consequences for participating in that kind of play out in the uh, in the public. Absolutely. So let's move on. This is great. This has actually been. Great. I mean, yeah, I, I know we're, we're sloppy as hell, but I think we're hitting some good stuff. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> that, that's the perverted podcast way, by the way, if you're new to perverted. Uh, th- yeah, that's th- that's th- that's the uh, the tagline, the tagline. It's going to get messy and hopefully we can dig through that messy and have conversations that are actually very uncomfortable. I'm very uncomfortable having this conversation right now. Um, because I am putting out there that I'm into all these things. Once again, the the social pressure, um, I will never uh, be able to get a job doing anything. <laughs> Pretty much. Probably not even at McDonald's. Uh, they won't even let me handle French fries knowing I'm into some of the shit I'm into. Um, once you are in to that little play like say you've now decided okay these are the things we're going to do these are things we're going to try these are things we're curious about you've had all your things you need to establish a way out Mm -hmm. when the fantasy becomes reality and you realize either the big or the little this is too much for me this isn't what i planned and i'm now having feelings or i'm reliving a memory that i didn't know about you need to have an exit strategy for when that happens that is not a cold stop trauma. So if you're feeling uncomfortable or some feelings are coming out, it is important to not try to muscle through this type of play. It is important in that moment to have that safe word or to have that daddy, I need to talk or just say the person's name um, or whatever you guys decide. And, And it's the same for the big. I need to I need us to come out of this plane now. So we're going to go to the aftercare. We're going to go to the cuddle section, get you a snack or whatever. But um, I'm I need to come out of this play. And then you can deal with whatever those problems with. But you need to have established in advance an exit strategy for if something goes bad. Um, so people don't run out screaming. Uh <laughs> <laughs> well yeah but i mean and that's and that's something that we talk about with other play like you don't know what your triggers are going to be especially when you're first getting into something like you don't know what like even just putting a diaper on you might put a diaper on and trigger something 
sure. that that you, you have suppressed for years, like you don't know what it's going to do. So having that ability to tap out is perfectly legitimate. It is perfectly all right. And, it's, and I would say it's even recommended among our lifestyle um, to be able to back out and and be able to kind of like reset yourself before you do anything more. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then, of course, we'll get into some of the other aftercares. When you are in the place be, uh, placing, a note for the big, the daddy, the mommy, um, and I've made this mistake a number of times, try not to forget that you have somebody in a little headspace. You know you're talking they're an adult because you can see that's that's an adult. And even if their hair is put in pigtails and they're sucking a passy or whatever, you know this is an adult. So sometimes there's that urge to kind of forget that you're in little space and start talking to them like an adult. Like if something distracts you or you get a text message and some idiot says some shit, you can't be like, motherfucker, this fucking person's such an <laughs> idiot. You know what I'm saying? I'm just tired yeah. of these fucking idiots, dude. And then all of a sudden your your little's <laughs> just looking at you like, eh, I'm four. Yeah. You know? <laughs> oh. Yes. Yeah. I've done that a few times. I, I've I've done that as well. That that's when you like you, you say I'm sorry, baby. Let me step outside real quick. Let me let me go outside. I'm just gonna reset. Here's some marshmallows. Have some marshmallows, Daddy. Daddy went insane for a minute, and uh, <laughs> and I'm gonna come. But a couple times, Bunny just looked at me. She's like, I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> I'm like, ah, oh, shit. God damn it. So yes, if you're the if you're the the big, try to maintain that environment because it's it's a little bit different than just an impact scene or a spanking scene. You know, it I mean, in a lot of senses it's kind of like a trance, like a hypno scene in certain ways, but it's a role play where the people that can really get into that space can really do what's called age regression to where they actually now start to lose all of those adult thoughts and whatever. And their thoughts become much, much simpler because we were all kids. Mm -hmm. That's still in our heads. We know what that blank kind of canvas headspace is we may not have thought about it or experienced it in a while but i mean that's what most people are trying to get to in meditation maybe not the the little space but they're trying to get to that innocent empty space and so it's in there and some people are really good at getting there in little space and so you have to be kind of real careful um about that space right and and, and this kind of leads into I think the darker stuff that we could get talk about, like that, that's stuff that needs to be talked about ahead of time. Like, um, like you're, like you're saying, like these, these people are in a headspace that is maybe not there is not their usual headspace. And it is one that's going to be a, a lot harder to crack right? once it's, once it's set. So like, if you're going to be going, if you're going to be doing the darker stuff, if you might even be doing the sexual stuff, like that's something you need to have a long, um, very deep negotiation beforehand because you don't like, again, you don't know what you're going to trigger. Right. So before you start going to the like, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to fuck you little girl or whatever. Right. That, that's, that's, you need to have that conversation. That can't be something that just gets, Oh, by the way, I'm now going to, going to fuck my little girl now. Yeah. Yeah. You don't spring anything in the scene. No mid, no mid scene 
discovery. You know, I thought I would just turn into Uncle Ralph <laughs> in the middle of this, and because uh, I wanted a blowjob. Mm-hmm. That's uh, that can be real. You know, it can be really hot, or it can be really uh, dramatic. Right. That that that's 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 how you end a partnership real fast. Yeah, pretty much. And someone goes to therapy, and and then you get a bad reputation. Mm-hmm. So avoid that if you if you can. <laughs> if you can. So if now, can. if you can, if you can, it's just you know safety tip from Enigma and Boogie. <laughs> so now you've gone through your scene, you've had your fun, you've played at the level that you're comfortable with, and you start to come out of that scene. That can be anything with just some cuddles, or that was a nice time. And now you have like a five minute cuddle or some aftercare. And then you literally just, it's kind of like disarming or taking off the armor. So maybe it's the folding of the blanket and then putting the blanket back on the shelf. Maybe it's taking the passy out and rinsing off the passy. Maybe it's, you know, uh, bidding good afternoon to your stuffy and putting it in its, its place any of those things that can kind of detach you from that little space, those are all kind of the ways away. And then maybe without your blanket after you're placing in your cuddle and you put things away, then go have a snack and whatever, and then allow the little to start coming back into more of that adult space. And then you can tell them about all the fucking assholes that texted you while you Mm -hmm. were in little space. (laughs) Exactly. That's when you were like, Oh yeah, no, like why you were little, like, you know, this, the, these are the things that happen, but yeah, like after that, that's when you can, and, and it, this also goes into um, conversations I've had with pet players. It's like it, the, that, that coming out of that headspace that, that is often very deep for age players and pet players alike. Like when you're pulling someone out of that, it's, it's a slow build. It's a, it's not like, okay, we're done now. Let's go talk about your taxes. Right. Right. Like you, you, you have to be very gradual. Um, that's where, that's where head, head kisses, like, drinking uh water or juice or whatever like slowly bringing them out of it because trying to do it too fast can be just as jarring um as as anything else for new people i mean when people are new obviously just as people get very experienced and i've had pet play with people that were in full puppy space but they were extremely experienced at it and they knew how to come out in just like a trance we talk about with sunny or anything and as you're more experienced because of an emergency happens you need to become an adult quick Mm -hmm. so um obviously the more you do it the the better you are at coming out of it a little bit quicker but yeah in those initial things just come out gently yeah good stuff i agree i agree this was good i now of course i'm gonna be all sad (laughs) <laughs> I'm like, this was a great conversation. Oh yeah, that's right. I'm Littlest. Littlest in North Hollywood. I mean, that was that was, I mean, I was kind of ev- I, I did a little bit of like everybody's daddy at soap because I also don't have like my own little to take care of and play with and whatever. So right, right. I, I, I feel that. Well, you know, the good news is for the Perverted Podcast listeners, I've had years of that experience and so have you. And hopefully some of the things that we've shared for you have piqued your interests. Obviously, pervertedpodcast at gmail.com. If you have any more questions or there's brought up more questions or you have any comments that you want to kind of share on top of that, we'd really love to hear from you. Pervertedpodcast at gmail.com. Enigma, 
mm-hmm. is now going to go uh, because in 20 or so minutes, your your lovey-dovey <laughs> partner is going to show up. And uh, we're all just going to put out that dirty, fucky time energy towards you. It doesn't happen. doesn't happen. doesn't mean I'm not going to put mm-hmm. that out. Plant the tree. Wiccan, I mean, I appreciate earth, that. Earth magic. <laughs> and and if people um, also have more questions or if they want to say nice things and give me the energy, um, they can find us on our social medias. Um, they can find us on Instagram at Perverted Podcast. They can find us on Twitter at Perverted PCast. And they can find us on FetLife. There's both a group and a page. <laughs> And that is the end of show number 339. And thank you for listening. If you have any questions, comments, or you love or hate us, or you want to woo with us, please reach out to us at pervertedpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can find us on FetLife, TikTok, or Instagram under the name Perverted Podcast. And if you think this show brings value to your life and is beneficial to other humans on Earth, please consider donating five bucks if you give a fuck to our Patreon account at patreon.com forward slash perverted podcast. And as always, a huge thank you to all our patrons because your support means the world to us. Absolutely. Thank you to Headley, our glorious show sponsor. Headley. Headley and all of the magical listeners out there in perverted podcast land that give us a reason to up our game every week every week this show is my mirror and i appreciate and love you guys so much thank you path girl so much for sitting with me today you're welcome bookie it was a lot of fun talking about standards that i don't live up to right now (laughs) because you know that's what i like to talk about let's just let's spend an hour and just talk about how i suck (laughs) but you're also willing to admit that you need to do the work and you are doing the work so that's definitely a plus that's right god i need to fuck somebody Path girl, can you just literally stick your ass up to the screen and then I can just kind of hump my laptop and just... Well, yeah, I got a webcam right here. Do you? Really? <laughs> yeah. We need to get some of those sex toys that like interact us together. I have a Bluetooth vibrator. Oh, really? I'll give you, I can give you control of it. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. Would you actually sit there and like, let me just like a creeper, just. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's got a function where you can basically put it out to anybody who wants to pick it up or you could like assign, you, you could send the link to people where, you know, specific people, but yeah, I could send you the link if you wanted to play. <laughs> I think that sounds wonderful and desperate at the same time. <laughs> And I just want you to know, I may be there. I may be at that level where I'm like, you know, you know, it's pathetic. I used to be a love god, but now... You are a love god, Boogie. I am in my soul. Yes. In in my sneaker demon. (laughs) If you believe it, you can achieve it. That's right. Well, we'll see you guys. I'm I'm like, oh, yeah, we're supposed to end a show. End a show. (laughs) We'll see. We'll see you guys next week for 340. Bye. (laughs) Oh my God. There you go again. Being righteous in a comment section. You're a self-appointed, no-life, pseudo-intellectual, demanding like it matters our spelling perfection. Internet grammar Nazi, why do you have to come so unglued? It's not like I dropped out of high school, just to fuck with you. The world won't end if I misspell a word or improperly punctuate. You only point out my mistakes, cause you're so fucking lame, you can't respond to my debate.
Y O U R. A lawnmower monkey fucker. Y O U R. A cheeseburger decomposed. Y O U R. Annoying and now exposed. Internet grammar Nazi. Life doesn't center on the structure of words. Sure, I want to learn better grammar, but not from a snobby turd. So get some lube and loosen up, and we'll all get along just great. I think you'll find without the stick up your ass, it's pretty easy to communicate. 